0: Good day to you. Hope you're having a wonderful day. I want to talk to you about how we treat our fellow Christians. Now, I was having a conversation with some folks a week or two ago, and you know, we mentioned this a little bit, and then I turned around a few days later and I saw this post on Facebook, and it it really just kind of concerned me. I've always thought we were kind to each other and treated our fellow Christians well. I've actually thought over the last few years a lot that we needed to be more concerned for non-Christians and the lost. However, this post paused caused me to pause and made me think. I've had to examine myself, and I thought it would be a good reminder for all of us. It shows how our actions and sometimes inactions are viewed by people in the world. Unfortunately, a large portion of non-Christians view us as self-righteous, judgmental hypocrites. Now, this actually hurts our cause, and worse, it hurts God's cause. It also hurts God's reputation, since we are His representatives. We don't want to contribute to a negative image of Christians and the Lord, especially not the Lord. We want to always remember to show mercy to one another, as James mentions. If you look at James chapter 2, verses 12 and 13, So speak and so do as those who will be judged by the law of liberty. For judgment is without liberty to the one who has shown no mercy. Mercy triumphs over judgment. So we want to look at the issue or problem and then see what the Bible tells us to do, how the Lord wants us to be. I didn't copy the post. Uh, I was not sure if it was copywritten or anything, and it had a lot of other stuff with it that might not actually pertain to this. Um, But the idea of the post was that we are not very good Christians to other Christians. We judge and condemn other Christians as if we ourselves are God. We believe that love covers a multitude of sins and we are very forgiving unless the sinner is a Christian. And it seems that it is easier to forgive the worldly people who do not know better than to forgive our own. We give second chances to others, but not to Christians. Now this is how some of the people in the world see us as Christians. I know we can't fix everybody in every situation so that it will look acceptable to the world. That's not possible because there will always be those who do not understand God's ways. And that's not our job to make things more acceptable to the world. But our job is to reflect God's light and love into the world. We are to stand for the Lord looking at 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verses 18 through 20 now all things are of god who has reconciled us to himself through christ, jesus christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation that is that god has was in christ reconciling the world to himself not imputing their trespasses to them and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God were pleading through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. Notice the ministry and the message and the word we have is of reconciliation, our salvation. And who is this reconciliation for? the world, everyone. God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not counting their sins against them. In this instance, them is all people. It's all of us because this reconciliation, our salvation is for everyone, especially fellow Christians. We are God's ambassadors, his representatives. The world needs to see us shining this light of salvation. Unfortunately, it sounds like maybe the world isn't seeing us bring that message of reconciliation. That is not how it should be. If we misrepresent the Lord, then we are actually working against God. We are contradicting and denying His nature. We can't shine light into the darkness if we are being part of the darkness, if we are joining with Satan to condemn our fellows, that's his job. Let's leave him to that. Let him stand in front of God and be the accuser that he is. Let's not help him. So maybe part of the problem is how we see ourselves, where we think we are in our journey compared to other Christians. Perhaps we have a bit of a pride problem. Let's remind ourselves of who we are. When we look at each other, we see our sisters and brothers in Christ as we should. But when someone stumbles or falls, do we move to pick them up or do we back away? Are we afraid their sin will get on us? Are we too busy judging them to help them? These are serious things we need to ask ourselves. First John chapter one verse eight if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. We are all still sinners. We are working on and recovering from our sin like it is a form of illness. This is the comparison that Jesus made himself. If you look at Luke chapter five verse thirty one. Jesus was talking to the Pharisees who wondered why he was spending time with sinners. Jesus answered and said to them, Those who are well have no need of a physician but those who are sick. That is why we need the Lord, because we are sick with sin. This is a lifelong work to get rid of the sin. All of us, each of us, will err, we will sin, we will fall short, we will stumble. Do we even need to look at Romans three twenty three? I mean, we know that we have all fallen short. That's who we are. We are recovering sinners, recovering only because of the Lord. So nothing for us to boast about in ourselves. Then, as it pertains to other Christians, what are we supposed to do? How should we be? If we look at Colossians chapter three, verses 12 through 15, therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long suffering, bearing with one another and forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you all must also must do. But above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which also you were called in one body, and be thankful. In the beginning of verse 12, you'll see he uses the word therefore. And that's because in the previous verses, he was talking about we are in Christ, and Christ is in us. Therefore. As the elect of God. Notice, as the elect of God. This means the chosen by God or the anointed of God. Just as David said of Saul, he would not harm Saul because Saul was God's anointed. Even when Saul was in the wrong and wanted to kill him. And this is how we should see each other. We should see each other as God's anointed. As such, too, also notice that all of us are holy and beloved by God. So we don't want to come against each other because we are all holy and beloved of God. Notice this is mentioned before he gets to anything else. This is to remind us of who all of us are. Then we get our instructions and we are to put on or One translation says, clothe ourselves, our inner selves, our hearts in mercy and integrity and kindness. The word used for kindness there, um, it is, it means both, like a benevolent moral goodness, a moral person who wants to do good or act kindly. It means integrity and kindness. We should clothe ourselves in humility which is having a humble sense of ourselves and also a morally humble attitude where we know we are no better morally than others. Why? Because we know we too still have sin. We are not perfect and sinless like the Lord. With that in mind, we keep a humble attitude. We are to be gentle, which is stated as meek and mild, not bossy or arrogant or proud. This pairs with humility, so we do not think too highly of ourselves. We do not place ourselves above other Christians. We should wear patience as the Lord has been patient with us. If I think about that, then I think, well, the Lord has been patient with me for 57 years. I should be able to be patient with someone else for a time, especially another Christian. Next, we are to bear with one another. And this form of bear means to support, sustain, and endure. Sometimes we must suffer with them and for them. We should definitely be uplifting and encouraging and supporting. Then we must forgive, even as Christ forgive us, forgave us. For us as Christians, this should not even need to be explained. If we do not forgive, we will not be forgiven. We do not want to hold hardness or offense in our hearts. Sometimes it can be difficult to let it go, but we must. We must forgive and let it go. The next verse says to put on love over all these things. Now, the way it's phrased here is, but above all these things put on love, but... You can think of this as like putting love on over all these things. Think of it like wrapping a blanket or overcoat of love over these other virtues. Binding them all together in your heart. This is God's love, agape. It is the bonding agent. It is a love of goodwill and benevolence to others. Meaning that you care about them and want to do good for them. It makes us want to be kind, gentle, patient. The final verse tells us to let the peace of God rule in our hearts because that peace is tranquil without rage or strife. It is harmony and contentment assured of our salvation that we are loved by God. Realize we are all called to that one body, the body of Christ, this one church. That means all of us, even if we have sinned. Finally, notice the last few words and be thankful. Be thankful that God forgives us ourselves and does not cast us out. With these thoughts in mind, with this attitude, we can help each other. Remember, this is Christians interacting with Christians that Paul is referring to. We are here as God's family to help each other. We're here to teach and encourage each other as best we can. That's part of our assignment. We are not always going to be 100% successful. So, do not get frustrated. Everything is not going to be solved immediately or overnight. These things take time like little planted seeds take time to grow. If we look at Galatians chapter 6, verses 1 through 3, brethren, if a man is overtaken in any trespass, you who are spiritual, restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness, considering yourself, lest you also be tempted. Bear one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. For if anyone thinks himself to be something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. Notice the wording overtaken in any trespass, meaning caught or trapped by sin. If we find anyone that is trapped, should we not free them? That is the idea here, that we would restore them to freedom from sin. This could cover a range of things, from encouragement to helping someone understand the Bible better, so that they can follow it correctly, To actually helping someone find a practical way to eliminate sin from their life. So, looking at verse 1, who are the spiritual mentions? That's us, right? We are the ones led by and sensitive to the Spirit, following God and His instructions. We are to restore in a spirit of gentleness, again, meek and mild, understanding and caring. Restoring is not condemning. There is no condemnation in the Lord. There is forgiveness. So why are we considering ourselves at the end of verse 1? Remember the woman in John chapter 8, how she was drug out for adultery. They wanted to stone her. And remember how the Lord dealt with her accusers. Remember he wrote in the sand, and some have said, and I, I tend to believe he wrote the sins of these men who were Wanting her stoned? Now, he could have written something else, but the, uh, the idea and the results are the same. They were ashamed of themselves, realizing that they were no better, and they left her alone rather than condemn her. We need to do that. Look at our own sin before we move to help others, much as Jesus said about getting the log or plank out of our eyes. Very same idea. And what is the temptation here? Well, see verse 3. To think too highly of ourselves, to think that we are better than others, we're never better than anyone else. We are different in individuals as God intended, but we are not better. Now, I'm not trying to discourage us from helping each other, but just help and encourage with the correct and humble attitude. That is what we should do. Notice verse 2 bear one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. What was the law that Jesus gave? Love God, love our neighbor as ourselves. Now, notice what Jesus also said in John chapter 13, verse 35. By this all will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. So, if we have love for one another, we will represent God correctly. We will, you know, this all, by this all will know that you are my disciples. Well, that is how we will be representing God and the Lord correctly, if we have love for one another. So, to fulfill this law, this commandment from the Lord, we must bear one another's burdens. In other words, simply help each other. The way it's phrased makes it sound difficult, makes it sound so, what, onerous or, you know, troublesome. But it's really not. It's just simply helping each other. So we've looked at all this to remind ourselves that we must reflect the character of God to the world. Now this starts in our everyday life at home with our family. If we're not being very Christian with our family and loved ones, we're probably not being a good Christian outside to others. Then this responsibility expands out to our congregation, our Christian family, then out to other Christians that maybe aren't a part of our group, but they're still trying to follow the Lord. They're also trying to recover from their sin. And then we also have a responsibility to other people to treat them with God's love and kindness. We must show God's judgment at all times. What is God's judgment? Mercy. If it were not mercy, I I don't think I would exist. In all our dealings with people, we must aspire to this definition of love. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 4 to 8. Love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself. Is not puffed up. Does not behave rudely. Does not seek its own. Is not provoked. Thinks no evil does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails. Now, after that sentence in verse 8, he goes on to other things. But this is our definition. This is God's love for all of us. Now, as we notice that, notice that this is God's love for all of us, also think about this in regards to what John says in First John. If you look in chapter 4 and verse 8 and 16, twice, within just those few verses, he states that God is love. Twice, he says it. So we need to pay attention. This is the nature of God. And we should be representing that to everyone. So I hope this has been a good reminder. We want to focus on helping others, especially Christians. Galatians chapter 6, verse 10, Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all, especially to those who are of the household of faith. The word here is especially, meaning most of all, above all. We want to make sure we do not forget our Christian family when it comes to showing God God's love and mercy. If we do not treat our own with that love, then everything else we do will seem false. So I want to thank you for listening. Hope you have a wonderful day. May God bless you and keep you safe. And remember, God loves you.